0: We are now listening to the sound of sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program. I've got an update on Soundboard Gate. 2023, the gentleman – oh, man, is that – oh, that's like three minutes long. Okay. Goodbye. That is called – Super loud. Super loud. I'm sorry. Jake, and your headphones aren't even that high.
1: No, but that sound effect is crazy loud. Okay.
0: Well, I just turned the sound effects down. In any case, the gentleman that gave $1.52 or whatever it was we said we needed in order to – make me burn my soundboard, he actually gave one penny less than what we needed as a humorous joke. And then in a memo to our finance department said in all caps, please don't make Nathan burn his soundboard. So I just wanted to update you guys. Interesting. Let you know that the soundboard is universally beloved. Even people that don't know this podcast know and love the soundboard and no one wants me to burn it. It is an amazing, amazing part of human history.
1: I like that you added the Wilhelm scream to it.
0: Wilhelm spring, scream is something that I wanted on there. You know, I think it's a little overused as a trope and kind of pulls me out of movies at this point. I think it's time to retire the Wilhelm scream for about 50 years. And then some clever person from our grandkids' generation can be like, haha, ha remember the scream from old boring grandpa movies like Star Wars? And they can, they can put it in. You guys ever thought about the fact that in the novel and the film Ready Player One, it is set in no, like... No, I haven't. Yeah, well, <laughs> true. It's set in 2050 or so, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, which means that the stuff from the 80s that they like would be the equivalent of stuff from... 70 years ago so it would be like if we the had 50s it'd be uh, yeah it'd like be, don
1: draper it, and Mad Men.
0: no 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 it would be like if because the draw Mad Men is like a modern thing that's cool oh. oh okay fine you make a fair point but i still think no one's going to build a computer simulation where we're all pretending like we're in the 1950s and if we did even the most conservative christians would think that was super lame
1: but that's that's not the whole thing. That's just like the creator's shtick, but you can go anywhere and be a part of any... You can like yeah. do dinosaurs and that's true. any number of other things. It's just like the creator's shtick was 80s, and so...
0: Everybody has to...
1: And if you're going to win the prize, you have to
0: know the creator's shtick and... But Wade Watts is like, I've memorized the dialogue to all these, or Wade Watts, I think that's his name. (laughs) I've I've memorized the dialogue to all these movies. This is so cool. And it would be like if I was like. What's the, what's, I think Wade Watts is right. What's Deadpool's name? It's like Wade Wilson. It is Wade Wilson. Wade Wilson is Deadpool. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't care for Deadpool. Let me see if I lied. He understands the fact that he's in a fictional property and he makes you aware of that and says various vulgarities and people find it very amusing. I myself do not.
1: I only had the thought because nope. I was scrolling somewhere and Wade Wilson or Wade Watts came up and I got confused as to which was Ready Player One and which was like, that's what my brain clicked into because I remember that line of it's like a comic book hero name. Hmm. And so I thought that's, we were talking Ready Player One, but it was Wade Watts talking about Deadpool,
0: which was which? Wade Watts is Ready Player One, Wade Wilson is Deadpool. Man. Yeah. And yes, folks, when you think about the amount of scripture that I still have to memorize, the fact that there's cells in there that can still pull Wade Watts at this late hour in my life as the time that I am given to spend on this earth slowly draws to a close. Pretty sad. That is why you fail. But I'll tell you why I don't fail. It's because I'm the host of Sound of Sanity, a little podcast coming to you now, bringing you... I don't know how much, a half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour of sanity, a break from all the insanity of your crazy life. And I am Nathan Albertson, the humble and obedient host of that podcast. We've got the preacher who's a teacher of sanity right there. He's wearing a plaid, like kind of brown and blue and peach. No, not peach, wow.: cream.
2: This, this shirt is really sounding
0: horrible <laughs> as you <laughs> describe it. It's a brown and blue and all peach right. and cream great plaid shirt. It's it's better than it sounds. It is better than it sounds. It's a nice combo. Yeah. yeah. It's like if somebody dropped an Easter egg into mud and then stomped all over it and the colors from the <laughs> Easter egg <laughs> ran.
2: That's good.
0: And That's good. Very the good. The person was like, "Die, Easter egg." And then they took all that stuff and splattered it all over a shirt. Nice. And then Ben was like, yes, I'll pay 50 bucks for this. I'm assuming you paid 50 bucks for that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a doofus. <laughs> you got a uh, deal for it. Yeah. A shirt that great. Now he's, uh, he's Benjamin Sulzer. Hello. Ben, I'm going to need you to describe what the person to your right is wearing and then introduce the he person who a occupies a very, those clothes. wearing a very
2: red shirt. The person to my right is you. are wearing a, a deep, <laughs> deep red shirt. <laughs> it's, it's pretty classy looking.
0: Solid color. I thought Jake would be hoisted on the petard, but instead I was hoisted on my own petard. Oh, the irony. Now, Jake, now, now Jake, Jake, why don't you describe what Ben's wearing? (laughs) I uh, wish I could say
1: better things about that shirt, but instead I'll say that Ben's wearing a shirt. Right. Instead, you're going to lie. Wow. No, he is wearing a shirt. I told you. No, it's true. I guess
0: that's true. But you're lying by omission because you're not saying how wonderful Ben's shirt is.
1: No. Okay. To say,
0: I saw the Mona Lisa. It was a painting (laughs) without saying how great it is, (laughs) what a (laughs) transcendent moment of your life is, is to lie. Okay. Like Mona Lisa, pretty good. You say, Ben's shirt, pretty good. If you insist, same thing. The thing is, Ben's shirt changes. Like, you never know whether it's looking at you or <laughs> no matter where you go, it kind of follows
1: you. <laughs> is it smiling or is it not? Is it
0: smiling or is, it's got a... What's most... the, exp- the expression is basically
1: a reflection of how you feel. The mm-hmm. expression is a
0: reflection of how you feel. That's right. Well, folks, it's another
1: <laughs> January... I chose the wrong shirt. That's the <laughs> No am learning.
0: You chose... You chose wisely. wisely. I mean, that,
1: that's something to add to your soundboard. That
0: is, I need both of them. I need yeah, both of them.
1: You chose poorly, and you chose wisely. You chose
0: wisely. We, this is January in nineteen eighty-four. We, of course, live in a dystopian. I don't think you ever introduced Jake. Oh, did I not? No. Okay. It can you describe? I don't need any introduction. He does.
1: You do. All right. The, he's a man who needs.
0: He's a man who needs no introduction, I feel and like do. apparently
1: needs some introduction. <laughs>
0: He's the man who desperately needs an introduction. <laughs> it's That's me. Jake Menzel. He's wearing a jacket. It's kind of a, off, a jacket, off-navy kind of. It's pretty cool. What would we say this color is?
1: I would call it navy.
0: Yeah, but it's not like extreme navy. Like sometimes you look at navy and you're like, am I looking at black? No, I'm looking at navy. But you'll never be fooled into thinking you're looking at black with this thing. It's because it has
1: some lighter navy highlights.
0: It's got some lighter navy highlights. Highlights, just like my favorite film, McHaley's or McHale's McHale. Navy. <laughs> it's got some lighter navy highlights in it. The highlights of the film. That is why you fail. You're a loser, loser. You're a loser, loser. You're a loser, loser. You're a loser, loser. January nineteen eighty four, gentlemen. Hmm. We live in a dystopian hellscape known as nineteen eighty four. Or so we have dubbed it, things happen in the culture. Our fans and friends put them into Patreon. Or no, they go to Patreon. They sign up at patreon.com forward uh, slash so, sorry, sound of sanity. This gives them ask this gives them access to our Discord channel. Within this channel, there are various sub channels. One of them is January in 1984, and they have filled this up with stories from the news and from culture that they would like us to talk about. And we are going to go through those stories now. What are we starting with, Jake? Just a couple of tweets
1: not long after Elon's takeover leading up to the Twitter file. So I think we can take these all at once. So the first one is just Elon acknowledging that there were politicians who were shadow banned by Twitter going into the recent elections. Mm. Elon acknowledging that any number of former FBI and CIA agents were hired by Twitter to work at Twitter since Donald Trump was elected and so there are over a dozen it was revealed over a dozen ex-fbi cia agents all placed in senior management roles at twitter once donald trump came to power and then you have sort of the start of the twitter file as things related to the removal of donald trump or whatever uh, were dropped in and then you have two on top of that sort of like the reactions the ways that various liberal media outlets were downplaying the Twitter files and saying, well, sure they provide ammo for conservatives, but they lack crucial content, and then a bunch of things basically trying to pretend like it doesn't matter that Donald Trump was censored going into the 2020 election. It doesn't matter that he was kicked off Twitter. It doesn't matter that a bunch of F- former FBI and CIA agents are in senior management at Twitter. It doesn't matter that the owner of Twitter acknowledges that conservative politicians were shadow banned and censored and muted going into election seasons. It doesn't matter that all this other stuff happened. And and, and by now we've had a lot of Twitter files that have sort of opened this stuff up and made it public. And we kind of see what's going to come of it. But it sounds like not a whole lot ultimately, but who knows?
0: You mean in terms of like some sort of punishment of the guilty or
1: yeah how's this going to come back to how's this going to change anything in terms of the political landscape in terms of the media landscape how's this changing the conversation how's this going to impact our politics moving forward
0: i will say we are all freshly re-engaged on twitter and i don't think that's a coincidence at nathan alberson at jacob mensel at chip mcgregory that's true (laughs) That's that's not a joke, folks. At Chip Mcgregory exists here. I want to. I'll just do the plug real quick. At Desmond Dark, Dark Desmond Dark, Dark Desmond Dark. But oh, I didn't catch that one yet. Yeah, just to really confuse things, he and hasn't really so done anything yet. So. <coughs> just to really confuse things and make it so I can never actually give an easy way for you to go there. The Desmond, the end of the Desmond <laughs> and the beginning of the Dark share one D. Hey, <laughs> oh no. So, yep. so is that Desmond Dark of uh, it that way? Maybe. maybe I'll maybe I'll redo his account. I don't know. You mean maybe Desmond will redo his account? <laughs>
2: That's we, what I mean. We can reach out to him. <laughs> we will. Um.
1: Well, now I follow Dark Desmond Dark.
0: Dark Desmond Dark, yeah. Hopefully the right one. And Chip McGregor is having a lot of fun tweeting kind of old man memes and stuff like that. So in any case, we are all freshly like, hey, this Twitter thing seems like something we actually might want to use. Yeah, it took,
1: it took me. I mean, if you look at my Twitter feed... I posted something on it for the first time since April today, and the thing I posted in April was me commenting that I may be motivated to start tweeting again, and that was because that was when Elon's takeover was first sort of initiated. Right. Yeah, it's taken taken a while, but I've been, since then, circling around it, and then when we got together last week, we discovered we'd all been sort of circling around it, so we decided to sort of... Take the plunge together, I guess. I don't know.
0: Yeah. If you're somebody on Twitter and you want to like, retweet, share, help us build our platform, then that would be nice. But I don't know. I mean, I think that does have something to do with Twitter feeling like a place where you might actually be able to speak your mind without just being throttled or shadow banned or any of, or just outright censored or removed from the platform. I mean, we saw people. You know, in and out of our circles getting knocked off all the time because of pretty basic stuff. People were using the groomer hashtag and they would just be abolished from Twitter, banished from Twitter. So yeah, it, it does seem like a a place where you might be able to get something done. You might be able to reach your audience, whoever that is. Uh, what what else do you guys think about this whole Twitter files kerfuffle?
1: It's amazing. It's damning. It's really cool that Elon's just sort of airing all the documentation and laundry and it kind of stinks that outside of conservative circles, it's not it doesn't feel like it's moving the needle in terms of waking people up to how things have been.
0: Well, I just don't think it's been covered. I mean, I don't want to be one of well, those yeah, conservative I think that's, like but That's but really it. It just but, hasn't been on the media, the mainstream media, like at all. Not not even to knock it. It's just I mean, okay, so we have a vo an is it an Axios article? I guess we have an Axios. It's a Vox one? Oh, yeah, we have a Vox article. So, so there are and an
1: Axios one.
0: There are people that are responding to it on the liberal side of things, but in terms of getting coverage on CNN or like anything that your dad watches on TV, yeah. Well,
1: Axios is going to say, well, it's a Rorschach test. It says what you wanted to see, what you're predisposed to see, and Vox is going to say, well you know, it's ammunition for conservatives, but it lacks context, right? Which is like how, it's just like such a standard line. Right. Well, you don't know. And it'll satisfy. In, In that sense, Axios is right. Like, if you just say it lacks crucial context, then that gives you all you need to not pay attention to any of it. I guess one thing that may be true and may be part of the truth of the Rorschach test is, as Axios puts it, is that, I think for most of our listeners, for me, all the Twitter files actually do is say, yeah, that thing that you kind of knew how was happening and that you kind of suspected was happening and that everybody was saying it was a conspiracy theory. Yep. Just like everything else, that was true. And so at the very least, what it does is sort of affirm you in your don't trust the mainstream narratives. They're all being shaped and cultivated by Higher powers with agendas. There's nothing true and objective out there. And so be discerning and be careful. Which is where, from from the point of Donald Trump forward, what has been progressively happening across the board. Mm -hmm. Where people just are increasingly like, yeah, okay, fake news. Fake news is real. It's a real thing. Yep, we just don't. We don't just accept the narrative as delivered by the White House, the narrative as delivered by a mainstream news network, a narrative that's delivered by consensus consensus on a platform. Right. If Facebook says fact checkers say, or Instagram says cont- crucial context is needed, or Twitter says that even with Elon behind it, everybody's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. White noise, like we don't trust you. In fact, you saying something like that makes me think, okay, well maybe this is something worth paying attention to because now I found the counter narrative. Right. And the counter narrative is actually worth looking at and addressing. It's like the old school wisdom was if you really want to give somebody po- power, censor them or try to censor them, right? And so you can you can effectively censor people and 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 make them silenced so that nobody can hear them. Or the internet makes it really hard to do that and with Elon in control of Twitter Twitter is a place that feels like it's harder to do that again, mm-hmm. which is part of what's mm-hmm. attractive about it. Absolutely. So yeah. it's like, yeah, if I can find the counterpoints, if I can find the counter narratives, if I can see both sides of a story here, well, that's where I want to be. I don't want to be in my in an echo. And certainly the minute you try to censor something, my per- my curiosity's
0: peaked. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think where a lot of us are at is I don't trust any one source because I just... The conservatives maybe aren't as bad as the liberals, but you go to Daily Wire and you listen to the Ben Shapiro show, which I have, and it's like, a stopped clock is right twice a day. Once a year, Joe Biden does something right. And when he does, Ben Shapiro mocks it exactly the same way that he mocks everything else, or he just ignores it and it doesn't become part of the story.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing that's so frustrating about all this stuff, too, is like, okay, DeMar, what's his face? The Buffalo Bills player who collapsed on primetime television, Monday Night Football. Damar Hamlin, I think is his name, but I'm gonna yeah, Damar Hamlin. Here's the thing about that. It is really hard and sticky to figure out the degree to which there has been an increase in in, in heart attacks and heart-related diseases, in myocarditis, in ventricular tachycardia, what medical phrases that none of us knew two years ago right. that we all think we're experts about now. But on the one hand, it's like, well, every incidence, every incident of of a heart related thing that happens on a ball field is now fodder for the vaccines are killing us all Mm -hmm. are killing everybody. Watch. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen again. And some of that, it's like, well, how do you separate that from the fact that, well, I just went out and bought a Toyota and now I see more Toyotas on the road. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember from my childhood, people falling dead on the, on the uh, D Brown fell dead on the basketball court in the NBA. Like that sort of thing happens. Um, my kids all wear chest protectors in baseball because kids drop dead if they take a ground ball to the right part of their chest at the exact right time with the right level of force. And huh. so, Damar Hamlin, we see him take a shot to the chest on national television and then go down. And there's an actual thing that happens. It's like, well, we just don't know. And everybody's so eager to say, see the Vax, see. Mm-hmm. Or no no no, it wasn't the Vax, and it's like, well, guys, why are we competing over every single incidence here to, to to support to support our narrative? And I guess the point, the reason I bring that up is just like, you just really can't trust anybody on either side to be objective. Yes, and what you have to do is you have to be a committed truth seeker, and a committed truth seeker may may be able to come back and say, well, we are seeing elevated levels of people quote-unquote dying suddenly or heart attacks, myocarditis, ventricular tachycardia, and any number of other nonsense-sounding words that we all think we understand now. But also, we got to be able to step back if we're going to be objective and say, well, not everything that seems to fit my narrative is something that I can pull into my narrative. Right? It's not wise, it's not healthy, and when I do that, it proves that I don't care about the truth, actually. I just care about... My narrative, my story. Right. Well, and there's the my additional politics.
0: there's the additional complication that there's another kind of bad thing that people do, which is they adopt the wrong version of what you're talking about, where their whole narrative, their whole self narrative is, "I'm a truth seeker. I don't accept anything. And I stand I, outside of everything. I stand outside of everything and, and above everyone." And, and everything. that's just as useless. Uh, G.K. Chesterton said, "An open mind is like an open mouth. Eventually, it has to close on something." So yep. you you should actually be finding. The truth and landing and taking some stands on things and saying, okay, the evidence takes me here, and maybe I'm not, maybe maybe I'm only eighty percent sure, but I'm okay being eighty percent sure because I don't have to have a hot take for social media, and I don't have to have a hot take for the barber shop or wherever people go to have hot takes. It's okay to be a little unsure where something fits for a while, and to say these are the things that we do know, these are the things that we don't know. The other thing that I do think makes the whole Twitter thing complicated as people the, – the reason that Axios and people like that and Vox are able to push back is because the conservative narrative becomes it was an evil cabal that completely and totally united to censor and to stamp us out. And then they say, well, actually, look at the evidence and it doesn't quite look like that. It looks like they're a bunch of confused people trying to make decisions in real time. And I think that's actually a fair critique. I think it's it's not that they, they weren't censorious jerks. It's not that there weren't liberals. I guess what I'm trying to say is this. There's a big difference between a united evil cabal and there was no king in Israel and every man did what was right in his own eyes. And I think what you actually have with Twitter is there was no king in Israel and every man did what was right in his own eyes. It's a big bureaucracy. I'm sure there were lots of people that were well motivated. I'm sure there were lots of people that were malicious actors i know it was more full of spooks than a a tim burton movie the master of the macabre and so yeah there's there's all kinds of things going on you can't just say they all got together and decided we are going to ban donald trump i have some sympathy for the things where you're watching them try and figure it out so i don't know maybe you guys disagree with that
2: i don't disagree i think but I think that you got to, the bigger picture of our culture obviously is a downgrade from mm, Christian morality. Mm-hmm. So anytime you have various groups of people trying to pull strings and move things their direction, or you have people's moral intuitions coming into play
0: in a bureaucracy, uh, in you, you today's the, day and age, it's going to err on the side of the the downgrade. Net, the net effect becomes the same net effect you'd have if there was an evil cabal. I'm just saying bureaucracy yeah. and the general kind of devolution of bu- bureaucracy is what actually gets us there. It's like the difference between a, a Jason Bourne movie where it's like you go all the way to the top and there's the evil man running the CIA kind of stuff versus like a Jean Lecaire novel where it's just like, who knows who's running anything? All we know is that, every again, everybody does what's right in their own eyes. So if a guy, if if one guy in a little sector over here in a place thinks what the CIA should be doing is having sex with teenage girls so that they can do mind control experiments, then he can get the money for that and he can find the people hmm. that think that's a good idea. And it, it, it all kind of tends towards malice and malicious actors find a place in it because there's no actual, actual system. There's no benevolent authority that's just saying, no, this is how it's going to be. But I think it's a fallacy to say that most of these things, including the FBI, the CIA, and Twitter, are run with actual stated malicious purpose. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that's important to me to say. I guess it's a, yeah, a de escalation of conservative narratives, right?
1: Well, it's important to at least put on the table. I don't know that we can know one way or another, but. To have it on the table is
0: – I think – it. Uh, yeah, we can't know. I mean, sure, there could be the string master, the godfather, the mm-hmm. the guy. And, and there's arguments you could make. But what's I, – I think it's important to say, in my mind at least, it's more likely. The way that these institutions usually go is not that Emperor Palpatine takes over – Usually, it's just like you got a Grand Moff Tarkin here and a guy over here, and, and it just kind of...
2: You have leaders of different cabals.
0: Yeah, you have li- you have many cabals. I'm not saying there aren't really evil people doing really evil things with intentional malice. I, I believe that with there teams. are. teams, With teams, with underlings, and with organizational skills. And I'm not saying our country isn't going towards Emperor Palpatine just taking over. I mean, you could argue Emperor Palpatine's in charge right now. I'm just saying... Things tend to be more diffuse than a lot of people want to see them. And I think that that's worth noting. Next story, Soligamy. We're talking soligamy, a growing trend of self-marrying women. At least 70 women have married themselves since 2011 in places like Japan and Italy. It's a good song. Thank you. (coughs) It's actually based on a true story. So somebody posted an article on, I guess it's pronounced polygamy, the practice of self-marriage, which among, if you can imagine, affluent women in first world countries has become a thing.
1: Yep. Yep. Why marrying yourself is the start of a great love story, promoted by the BBC.
0: It's really not. It's really not. I mean, I would never marry myself because I hate that guy. Like... He abuses me. He belittles me half the time. I don't even think he likes me. Like, why would I want to be married to myself? It's just like such a false. I don't know. I I keep thinking of Woody Allen Allen joke. Don't knock masturbation and sex with someone I love, (laughs) (laughs) which is possibly his most brilliant and self-revealing line. Yeah. Don't marry yourself. What else do you guys want to say about? polygamy? I
2: don't know. It kind of says all it needs to say about itself. Yeah, it's I, just pure foolishness. I I don't know I don't know what to say. <clears throat> Women need to love themselves. That's something that Chris points out from the video. Women need to love themselves is the way that people are talking about it.
0: I mean, I hated making my friends show up for my wedding to my wife. Like that I'm like, "Yeah, you don't have to spend all this time and money on me. Uh, I suck." So, the idea that these which which isn't what I should have been, but I'm just saying that's where I'm coming from. And and meanwhile you have these these narcissists that are going to throw a ceremony and spend a lot of money and make other people like fly to their destination self marriage wedding and buy them presents and waste all their time being part of a ceremony and, and stuff like that. It's just like the level of narcissist it's
2: that- a commitment to autonomy, to worshiping yourself. Yes, I mean the loving yourself first above all others, including God.
0: But it's not just a commitment to worshiping yourself. It's like everybody else in my circle better worship me too, and that
2: they better yeah. honor my worship of myself. That is just Recognize something. It
1: solemnize it. It support I, it.
2: Yeah, it reminds me very much of. I think it was last month in nineteen eighty four. The last one we did, we talked about suicide and that really like beautifully photographed ad of the woman getting ready to kill herself. Yeah, Canada. It it feels like the exact same thing to me. Like, I'm my own God. Come and worship me, or help me worship myself, whether I choose life or death for myself. You know, come and be part of it. Right. This is all about me, and it's only about me, and it's about you supporting me, and it's about me loving myself or hating myself in any
0: way I choose. It just requires, on that level, it just requires such a lack of basic self-knowledge. It's like, okay, I believe in Zeus. I think Zeus is great. I think Zeus is going to give me a good harvest. Like there, There's that kind of belief. But it's like you've never seen Zeus, so you can believe in those kinds of things. You just saw a statue of Zeus, so and people told you Zeus was great, so I guess you believe in Zeus. But you hang out with yourself all the time. Do you really think that you treat yourself so well? Do you really think that you are capable of giving yourself what you need? That just requires such a level of self deception. Seth, the guy that posted this in our Discord, our good friend Seth, I'll call him Seth number one, as opposed to Seth number two, the guy that tried to make me burn my soundboard like a true malicious actor in the stunted bureaucracy of Warhorn Media. Seth number one says, my second response to this video is, is there a true need that here that is being met wrongly? Is there something true that we need to provide to the ladies in our lives so that they will not desire to pursue the counterfeit? What do you guys answer to him?
1: Masculinity.
0: Masculinity. Protection. I mean, Mm -hmm. all of the women, a woman that would do this is a woman who is hurt, a woman who is self-protective, a woman who wants to not, not be hurt again. And
1: to connect it to suicide, this, this sex and death, right? Yeah. And so suicide is the murdering of, not just yourself, but the the world and everything in it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a great Chesterton point that is absolutely true. And the marrying of yourself is the is the
0: murdering of every husband in the world.
1: It's the divorcing of 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 every every man in the world. Yeah. Right. And so the counterpoint is real, healthy, strong biblical masculinity. Right. That can step in and deal with this sort of thing.
0: Hmm. All right, next, hmm. Ectolife.
1: The Ectolife Artificial Womb Facility.
0: Which isn't a real thing in case anybody saw saw this video on social media and thought, oh, we've arrived at this," them actually doing this. Just it's just a concept. It's just a concept by an artist, not even by a scientist. But yeah, it certainly made the rounds on conservative social media because basically we should describe what it is for people who haven't seen it. It's an
1: artificial womb facility. <laughs> it's a it's a commercial for it that was made by a filmmaker, right? Mm-hmm.
0: So the it's idea. like a proof of concept where you have like these little. It's like the scene in the Zack Snyder, wonderful Zack Snyder, Man of Steel, Superman movie, where Russell Crowe goes to rescue his baby before Krypton is destroyed, and apparently on this a, in this alien civilization, they have these mechanical eggs where mm-hmm. the babies are warm and safe and so he goes and he finds Calel and rescues him. Uh it looks like that kind of thing. It's like just this vast field of mechanical little pods where your baby goes in and he's warm and safe and you can come and visit him and watch him grow, him or her, whatever he decides, and you can see how he's coming along and he doesn't take a toll on mom's body and and mom is all healthy and ready to go when when the baby finally 9 months Later, it completes his or her or them or theirs' gestation process. You can take them out, and you can take them home, and you're both healthy and well-rested and ready to take care of this little one.
1: Without having, quote, been gradually weighed down and latched onto by a parasitic organism that tends to leave, rather, a path of destruction upon its exit, even in the best-case scenario. End quote. Quote, given the option i'm sure some mums would choose to push a button and watch a little pod open up end quote
0: that's yeah weird. well the way that god cursed mothers
1: can wear a haptic feedback vest so they can <laughs> feel the baby's movement <laughs> that's funny. and have access to a 360 degree camera so you can see what the baby sees kind of like a ready player one version of pregnancy or something in life yeah yep
0: the way God cursed my sex is the way it to work. And so what I'd like to imagine is I get to push a button. Toil, you should say. And then, and then money shows up <laughs> <laughs> and there's no thorns or thistles. And my, my podcasts don't get, cor- the file doesn't get corrupted and we don't have to stop and retake things. Cause someone said the wrong thing. I don't want to work. I just want to, I just want to push a button and be given everything I need. I think that'd be pretty cool. <sighs> I don't know. Somebody... Here, I'll be a devil for a second. Let me find the alarm. Oh, no, it's the devil's advocacy alarm. What's this? Someone's going to have to play the devil's advocate and argue the opposite of what we're arguing. Okay, Nathan, you just made the connection to Genesis and to God's curse after the fall, and... Are you saying that gloves... Yeah, are you saying that we shouldn't use gloves to work? Are you saying that women can't have epidurals or go to hospitals, that everything has to be as painful as possible. Isn't this just kind of a cool sci-fi way to accomplish the task? Maybe this is even, as a good post-millennial, we're finally getting to the place where we, we've just like aspirin, but kind of took care of headaches, we're, and that's not something that God resents. We're finally taking care of a lot of the thorns and thistles that come with pregnancy.
1: Nope. This is a, This is redesigning the world that god made this is fundamentally changing things god made sex to produce fruit and
0: he made wombs and women to wombs and
1: women and there are all kinds of things that are biological processes natural processes hormonal things that happen that are super important they're all connected to god's design for mothers and children for children to grow up healthy inside their moms and for moms to Attach emotionally to the kids and to nurture them and to pretend even like this is somehow to treat the children like a parasitic organism as a thing. So this is just godless, unnatural counter to God's design. Anything that flies in the face of God's design is something we should oppose. Mm-hmm. And so this is not the same thing as an epidural, an epidural, anything used to mitigate the effects of the fall. This is, some, this is an attack on the, the pre-fall design. And so nah, this, is, this is just evil.
0: Yes. I mean, God so connects life-giving to a woman's calling that it's it literally says she shall be saved through childbearing, which obviously no one in this podcast thinks that is literal in the sense that she goes to heaven because she had a child. But her sanctification is Connected deeply to her role as a life giver.
1: Just like for a man, our sanctification is connected deeply to our role as providers and protectors and our Mm -hmm. fulfillment of the creation mandate and the discipline of dealing with thorns and thistles. Right. It's just connected because this is God's fundamental discipline of us, you know, at the fall. So, discipline is meant to make you grow, to lead you to repentance, to lead you to Jesus. And so every time we head up against difficult things in work, it should remind us of sin, it should remind us of the brokenness of the world, it should drive us to God. And the same thing's true of of women when it comes to children. It, 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 God's discipline is designed to strike at the core of how he designed us. Right. So with men, it's work, and with women, it's children. And that's a beautiful, wonderful thing, and it's something that we lean into so that we grow, not something that we try to avoid entirely Mm -hmm. because it's owed to us to not have to deal with the curse of our own sin. Well, it eventually catches up to us. So yes. And there's really not much we can do about, about it. So it's better to lean in.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. We can't just have robots be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth for us. Yep. Um, Although robots are awesome, which we'll talk about next episode when I attempt to pick up the threads of a, conversation from last episode and i will give my best defense of chat gpd so cool there is your have, teaser. You, been,
2: have you been talking with chat G, gpd yes
0: <laughs> when i i guess i should say chat gpt will give its best defense <laughs> i just said defend yourself against jake and ben and, the, and it was like the famous podcasters and i was like yes and then it proceeded to Tell me. So, anyway, folks, we'll be back with part two of January in 1984, 2023. Next week, you can go to patreon.com forward slash a sound of sanity to join the conversation, be part of the Discord. We're having fun over on Discord, having some good conversations. Enjoy the community over there. Truly do, not just blowing smoke. So, I'd love for you to be part of that. Sign up today. You can sign up for as little as cup of coffee a month patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity until next time stay sane